Hey everyone, this is Michael Drain from the Unpopular Culture Podcast. You are listening to the BS Podcast Network. Hope you enjoy the show. This is Officer Mo Weekend coming to you straight from Port Fouchon, Louisiana, on the beautiful Gulf of Mexico. You're listening to the Magic Our Way Podcast with your hosts, Kevin, Danny, Eli, and the ever so lovely Lee Lastovica. Take it away, guys. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way Podcast. Podcast. Sante, Sana, everyone. You are listening to the Magic Away podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. We are artistic buffs talking about Disney stuff, and this is a show in which every opinion is welcome. MagicAway.com is where you can find us. My name is Kevin. And I am Danny. And on this show, we follow the Disney concept of edutainment, where we focus on your entertainment, and along the way, you just might learn a thing or two. Hey, hey, hey! And as always, to join in the discussion, we have our resident comic genius from AvryComics.com, Mr. Eli Avery. How you doing, sir? I am doing good, gentlemen. How y'all doing this fine weekend? We are splendiferous. I like that word. You like that? I do like that. I'm lonely. <laughs> oh, You're yeah, dude, I'm, I'm looking at walls in here, man. Shoot, lonely, oh, I'm Mr. Lonely. I, I, I hear you. Like Kevin, like is like, oh God, I got to get out of here because there's too many people in the house. But I mean, like for me, there's only three people in the house. When I get in the man cave, it gets a little isolated. More so, huh? Oh yeah. Because you look around and there's seats, and it's like, man, these are where the guys used to sit when we did this, but now they're all up in my rear ear. Sorry. All I see is Michael Myers masks and uh, Haunted Mansion faces. And yeah, no, it's it's a little bit quiet in here. Yeah, Haunted Faces and Worn Out Places. That haunted Faces, you. Worn Out Places, and yes. Let's add to those Haunted Faces, and we got our resident travel agent from Magical Moments Vacations, this Shaggy TA, Lee Lastavica. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, I read something the other day that said, when we, have, when we get out of this quarantine, you got three choices. You're going to be a hunk, a chunk, or a drunk. So, but I think I'm going to be a double chunk myself. But dang, uh, I'm just ready to, to get back into society and see some faces, man. You know, it's crazy. Faces, right places? Now. Yeah. Can I be once, yeah. twice, three times a drunk? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you Let's mean that be the drunk before? Can I have junk in my trunk while I'm drunk? There you go. Okay. Drop it low, boy. Drop it low. <laughs> I mean, I could be a chunky hunk, I guess, but. Or you could be a chunky, hunky drunk. <laughs> Do you say you bring all the boys to the yard and dang right, yeah. they're better than yours? Um, yes. I, my kitchen sink brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> that's right. You show it to them, Farrah Fawcett. You show it that's to right. them. That's right. Bring a little Disney into this. Because you're in the cabin in the woods uh, out there, uh, Kev. I mean, you're more isolated. Like, when it comes to isolation, it's hard to be more isolated than what you are in Costa de Estoque. So you tell us. Oh, no, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, there's five of us in here, and, it's, and the house maintains a pretty active feel for sure. So there's no there's no escape from that. In fact, I've been working at home, so I, I enjoy working at home, but I like to have the option to see people every now and then to go out and hang out with friends and stuff. You are, uh, you are uh, a people person. You are. I am a people person. Yeah, I do. But I also like being home. I, I enjoy being having being able to spend time with my family. 
that's a luxury I don't get to have often because I'm always working kind of stuff. But I, I this past month has been a, at least a treat for me in this respect. But I would, we would, as as a family as a whole, we would like to have the option to see our friends. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice, yeah. but you're enjoying being wrapped up in your own uh, geosphere, if you will. Pretty much, yeah, yes, we definitely are. You have your own ecosystem. In fact, yes, absolutely, your own EQ do. system. EQ system, right there, right there in the middle of the woods, where where Disney almost built the parks, the Walt Disney World Resort. How about that? And speaking of which, look at that. I segue, and that's the topic of the show. Guys, look, listen, last week, man, we started talking about Disney and the relationship with New Orleans. Uh, we talk about New Orleans Square as well as Walt's love for Disney, so check that show out. This week, today, this show right here, we are talking the journey east in which uh, Walt was exploring areas for Walt Disney World, as well as talking about the Lake Buena Vista New Orleans Square Resort that never did come to fruition. And, of course, we're going to relate this to our beloved city, New Orleans, and talk about all those experiences. You guys are a little bit more educated in the fact that New Orleans is more than just Bourbon Street, guys. There's a lot more to the city than you think, which is why a lot of people can never leave. Once they get here, they just fall in love, just like Walt. You know, they always want to come and visit. You know, they, it always has a, a big space in their heart. So, look, we're about to talk about more New Orleans and Disney magic right here on this show. So, enough of my jibber-jabber. Let's go discuss more New Orleans Disney magic. All right, Moeekins, ladies and gentlemen. In case you didn't know or are a first-time listener to our show, we are a New Orleans-based Disney podcast. But some of you may ask yourself, South, what does that even mean? Well, allow me to tell you. Danny, Eli, and myself all hail from New Orleans, the Crescent City, the Big Easy, however you want to refer to it. We all went to high school together. We grew up to, We grew up here. Some of us were born here. And, you know, Lee, even though he doesn't hail from New Orleans, he's from what used to be considered our sister city. But you know what? Houston done freaking ate too much money. And now look at it. It's much bigger than New Orleans. But look. We have great pride in the city of New Orleans and the surrounding areas. And it just so happens we also have a great love for Disney. So look, if you haven't done so, check out our previous show in which we discuss Walt's love for New Orleans and New Orleans Square in Disneyland. You're going to enjoy it because we're about to uh, continue this conversation here. We're going to explore more of this connection between the two. And of course, to help us, we have to bring back longtime Mawika listener X, a.k.a. Keith. How you doing, sir? Good. How's everyone doing in uh, New Orleans today and Houston? Oh, it's awesome, man. Yeah, Good. we've been hanging out in the quarter, you know, uh, giving everybody high fives. Uh, Hugs all around. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hugging. Like lots of hugging bear. We were hugging. <laughs> that's a lot of hugging. That's a lot. That's a lots of hugging. But man, look, I'm excited to continue the subject because, you know, these are two things that are very near and dear to our hearts for sure. Keith, what are we talking about today, sir? So today we're going to kind of change gears a little bit, kind of step away from uh, Disneyland, but we're still going to have the uh, New Orleans connection. We're going to head south and we're going to head to uh, Disney World and um, talk about New Orleans connection to uh, Disney World. But Walt ain't dead yet, right? No, Walt's not dead yet. Yes, no. Walt's still living. Hey, look, this is good times. All right. Walt is still around. Yes. And <laughs> All right. And look, New, Orle- New Orleanians' love for Walt Disney World is no doubt. You know, like I said in the pre, like before, uh, half of us go down to Disney World or Mardi Gras or Thanksgiving or whenever we have off separate from the rest of the country just to take advantage of that time. So, man, I'm excited to take us to this trip, man. Where do you want to start? Um, let's start with talking about how New Orleans was 
uh, site location for actually Disney World. You mean my backyard? <laughs> yes. And actually, specifically, Kevin, I'm going to drill into New Orleans a little bit further, the North Shore. That's where I'm living right now. How about that? Well, as um, Disney World was planned, Walt explored many different areas for his new park. And one of the locations he included was New Orleans. So going back to Walt's love in New Orleans, the story goes that Walt wanted Disney World to be in Metro New Orleans, specifically the North Shore. Where Kevin was. And North Shore, just to let the listeners know, is about maybe 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. Uh, so if you're from towns like, say, Atlanta, where that's no big deal, that's an everyday occurrence as far as commute, you can kind of judge what that sound, what that feels like. So not that far. It's just right across the lake. And the only reason why it takes that long is there's a big freaking lake that separates the North Shore from New Orleans. And the North Shore used to be where a lot of New Orleans would go on vacation. This is where a lot of them have their vacation homes. And a lot of the architecture you'll see in New Orleans can also be found here in Mandeville, where I live. That's probably one of the reasons that he was considering this as a place. Now, I guess, Kevin, back in the, I guess, late 1960s, I guess that land, like you said, was further away. So it was probably cheap land back then. As far as not built up, I mean. That's correct. Yeah, the the land, um, and I think you're, you're referring to the area between Lacombe and Slidell. Is that correct, Lee? Correct. So that, a lot of that land, you know, you got, you got Bayou Lacombe and surrounding areas were not terribly developed. You had the little town of Lacombe, but still, even today, it's not extremely developed. But there's a lot of, lot of empty land out there a lot of forest trees all kind of stuff there's even a wildlife refuge yeah a lot of expensive stuff was in mandeville because that's where a lot of the rich new orleanians would build their homes but yeah the land just to the east of me between lacombe and slide down look at but i'm at yeah probably definitely a lot cheaper than it is now well it was kind of rumored that that was the area that walt was looking to uh but Disney World, and it's even rumored that he even bought up some land in that area. And he did a scouting trip to New Orleans on November 22nd, 1963. Anyone know what happened on that date? Kennedy got shot. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that put a, um, a damper on New Orleans, obviously not being the choice for uh, Disney World. But if but you watch JFK, Keith, we had a lot to do with what happened to JFK getting shot. Did it also happen to do with uh, not... Not having New Orleans be a site for Disney World? I think David Ferry was uh, chartering the plane that Ken- that Walt was riding in, and he had to make a detour into Dallas. Ah, okay. That that mm. would explain it. After that, Walt was like, no. Back <laughs> yeah. To, back it's David Ferry character. Yeah. <laughs> back to the left. Uh, we're not stopping here. No, we're, we're not doing that. Well, I mean, the bottom line um, is that, you know, Walt was kind of looking at the land and then he started, you know, kind of just exploring, kind of dealing with, uh, you know, local, um, you know, governors and, you know, what do they call the people there? The politicians, politicians, mayors, you know, you have parishes, we have counties. So I'm not sure if you still call it mayors there. So that's kind of. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. That, that's still good. Yeah, okay, that's still so you still have mayors. Yeah. Okay, okay. Or crooked, yeah. either one. You could, yeah, well, parish presidents. If you, you watch know, Dukes of Hazard, like, uh, I think Boss Hogg was a mayor. <laughs> 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 yeah, mayors would be townships, but, we, you know, if not, it's a parish president. All right, so Walt kind of, you know, started talking with some of them, and I was talking with Lee a little bit about this, is apparently, not to put New Orleans in a bad light, but apparently some of them are a little bit pushy and a little bit corrupt. Percent. No, that, that's that's an accurate fact. That's a, not no. just normal, but the entire freaking state. <laughs> Get out of here! I'm surprised. I'm shocked to hear this. I know. Look at them. News. They're so surprised. They're shocked. So imagine, you know, Walt kind of dealing with some of these lawmakers and kind of, you know, find this information out. And I think he kind of said, I kind of want to step back from this a little bit and maybe not really kind of deal with this. So bottom line is. 
he kind of stepped away from New Orleans and, you know, a town called Orlando was offering Walt tax breaks and had easier legislation to give him the land and allowed him to build his Disneyland in the South and his dream of Epcot. So, you know, it was a lot easier for him to build in Orlando. So it was just interesting, though, that that was even a choice. You know, once again, we're going back to Walt. He's loving New Orleans, and he, he chose this as a location for Disney World. Look, let me just tell you this, because uh, you know, I love this area, but if Six Flags can't even make it here, then, yeah, something's wrong. <laughs> okay? uh, yeah, well, uh, taxes are not a joke here. I mean, it's it's uh, it's always some news where a new business wants to start here because they like the area. And once the politicians get involved, they got to get their palms greased. I mean, for lack of a better word. And then, yeah, the business never comes here. That's why they went to Houston. That's why they went to Houston. We're, we're famous, we're famous for uh, Gumbo, uh, The Saints, um, Beignets, and Crooked Politicians. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, don't, forget, don't forget that immortal election when David Duke ran, the head of the KKK, ran against Edwin Edwards, who had been indicted God knows how many times. And the, the, byline for that election was vote for the crook it's important <laughs> yeah. so that yeah. was it, it was, you had a choice between a crook <laughs> and a racist and yes. we we voted the crook in the office and and he served and then he went back to jail because he yeah. he crooked because that's yeah. what crooks uh, are known to do but you know can I I want I want to talk about this because yeah I've talked about this on the show before and this is one of my favorite New Orleans stories because I remember being a kid Growing up in New Orleans, and, and to my taste, and, and for any kid's taste, I'm sure it was the same for all of y'all. I'm like, man, we don't go to Disney World enough. I want to go to Disney World. I'm eight years old, man. There's Disney World. There's rides. There's you know all these characters. I want to go to Disney World. And I'm like, why don't we go to Disney World? And my grandparents and my great uncles and my great aunts would always look at me like, you know, Disney World was going to be built here. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, what happened? And they're like, greedy politicians and as a kid like i don't know what politics is so i'm like wait a minute already i feel that i'm not going to be going to disney world but now you're making me even feel worse because i could be going to disney world every weekend but no because politicians stopped it what what are you talking about here this went over i thought it was just a wise tale you know what i'm saying like the the old like um rumor mill kind of thing i thought it was nothing serious until like we started really kind of doing this podcast and you really do some research and you find out that there is a lot of truth as keith already alluded to to this story and most notably and and i don't think keith mentioned the guy's name but uh the former slidell mayor Sidney caruso corroborated the story where it was like he said that at there was a, a point in time that during kennedy's assassination assassination that uh walt visited Louisiana. He got shook down by a bunch of local p- politicians and said, you know, screw this. I don't need this. And he went to uh, Orlando, as Keith alluded to. And there was a part of me where I was like, well, you know, I've read just about every single biography there is on Walt Disney. I want to know if there's any independent, co- you know, like corroboration between this local legend, because like I said, I was hearing it when I was, this is, or we're talking about mid eighties. I was hearing this. Sidney Caruso went public in 1991 about the exact circumstances about what happened with this deal. And it was supposed to be built in Bayou Sauvage and all that stuff. And I, I was curious, I was like, is this an old wives tale or is this really true? And come to find out as I was kind of looking into it. And I mean, the Disney corporation, I mean, obviously Disney, they're, they're very adept storytellers when they say something it's kind of, they're going to tell it to you in the best way that it makes, 
you know, uh, storytelling sense. Good light. Yeah. Good light. Thank you, Kevin. Yes. That, that's the best way to put it. So I was like, is there any independent verification that Walt was actually here and took a trip in 1963 to New Orleans? And come to find out that there is independent verification that Walt was here in New Orleans in 1963 on the exact same day that Kennedy was shot. Mm. Any of y'all read Neil Gabler's book about Walt Disney, the biography? It was like Triumph of an... Uh, American original, something like that. I can't remember what it was. Um, it's escaping me at the, any of y'all read that book? It's a very famous biography of Walt Disney. I have not, but I will put that in my Amazon. I think it's sitting on my bulk, my bookshelf right now. It's sitting on my book. Thank you. It's sitting on my bookshelf as well. And I, I went right through that book and I turned and I looked for every reference to New Orleans. And don't you know that when Walt was looking for a location, for Walt Disney World, he traveled to Orlando. They, they talked about him traveling around the world, looking and going to Orlando, and they make a specific reference that Walt learned of John F. Kennedy's assassination while he was in New Orleans on a refueling trip on his way to Orlando. And I just can't help but think. Now, Sidney Caruso's story was published in 1991. That Neil Gabler biography was published in 2006. Mm-hmm. I can't help but believe that we've been, I mean, because this hasn't been New Orleans legend for a long time. This is, I heard this in the 80s that Walt planned to build, build Walt Disney World here. That is the first independent verification that I found that Walt Disney was in New Orleans, Louisiana on the day Kennedy was shot. And that's how he learned about it, which corroborates Sidney Caruso's story that Walt was here that day. Yeah, no, I totally believe that. I can, even if people argue, hey, it was just a refueling stop. No, look. Walt, we know that Walt loved New Orleans and that whole little area. So who's to say like somebody might have told him, hey, since we're here, let's see if we can build it here. You know, so there's definite plausible uh, reason that he could have considered this as one of the uh, possible areas for Walt Disney World. Right. Does it prove anything? No, but it does show that Walt Disney, like at least part of Sidney Caruso's story was true. And mm-hmm. that part of it's true. Who's to say the rest of it isn't? You know, that was always a thing of mine as a kid. Like, like I felt mad because local politicians screwed me out of having Walt Disney World here and come yep. to find out that there is a real verifiable <laughs> point that Walt did consider this place, at least in, in, in according to Sydney. And the, the factual record seems to bear it out that he did come here. And I kind of tend to agree that it probably wasn't just a refueling trip. Yeah, I mean, I never heard this backstory about politicians and things like that before. I had always heard, you know, that just the land was, he could get the better deal or, you know, whatever the case may be. But it doesn't take, you know, uh, a genius to put two and two together that (laughs) this is a possibility, you know? And let's be honest. I mean, someone like Walt, with all the money he had, all the power he has, to just casually be in New Orleans to, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure that... He was here for a specific reason, maybe on his way to Florida, but, you know, he wasn't just passing through. Right. Even if he was passing through, even if he stopped, he still would have thought, hey, you like this area so much, won't you give that a thought? Because to be fair, even today, land is pretty cheap in New Orleans, in Louisiana, as compared to a lot of different areas in the country. So, yeah, as a businessman, it makes sense to why not research this area 
because he could save a lot of money. And that was the exact legend that I heard that he did research it. And immediately politicians were looking for a, a handout, a bribe. Mm-hmm. They shook him down. They raised the cost of the land. And he just got disgusted and said, you know what? Orlando is going to give me everything I want, whereas Louisiana is going to shake me down for everything I have. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, buddy. We can imagine the food that would have been in that Disneyland. <laughs> oh, man. Good Lord. Uh, dude, it's easier to import food than to be taxed at your, your <laughs> rear end. I hear you. No, I hear you. That's, and that's sad to hear. Now, you know, the sad part is I wish I could say, man, I'll buy that. Our politicians would have never let that happen. But uh, no, I totally, I totally could see that going on. Oh, I it totally happened. I, I'm, but yeah, I completely believe that that happened. Yeah. All we want you to do, Walt, is bring about five sacks of money up there on the Briggs truck. And that's all we're going to need. That's going to take care of you for a whole month. You start this park right here, I guarantee you. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> all right. What's next? All right. So another, um, jumping ahead a little bit, another uh, New Orleans reference. Uh, specifically, you know, um, we have um, Disney Springs. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And before Disney Springs, it was um, Downtown Disney. Yes. And before yes. Downtown Disney, it was basically the late point of Vista Village. Or um, the Walt, you know, the Walt Disney World the Village Marketplace, yeah, yeah. The Walt Disney World Village, yeah, all yeah. That. So another um, New Orleans reference is the Empress Lily, which is the paddle wheeler um, boat that you have down there, which opened on May first, nineteen seventy-seven. At the time, none of the other steamboats on Walt Disney's property were named after a woman. This ship specifically was named after Walt Disney's widow, um, Lillian, hence the name Empress Lily. So once again, you have another steamboat, you know, going back to uh, your, your New Orleans connection. Now, interesting fact, though, is do you know that the Empress Willie is not actually, when you look at it, you would swear it's a boat, correct? Yeah, it's convincing for sure. Absolutely. It's actually anchored on submerged concrete foundation. And then they just built the, you know, the top of it to basically look like a boat. So I just thought that what? was kind of a little bit interesting. Disney magic. <laughs> Sneaky. So technically that boat is not really ever going anywhere. No. C- kind of like our casinos here in New Orleans. Right, That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, too bad they didn't open up that as a casino if they had the light legislation back then. But <laughs> A Disney casino. Oh, my God, dude. Wait a minute. Time out. If only Florida uh, had our politicians. Oh, wow. I know, right? I'd never leave. <laughs> <laughs> they can beat me in craps. No, but Lillian did. She she christened the Empress Lily when they mm-hmm. when they uh, launched it. Yeah, or not launched it, but at least opened it. I should say. Right, and that that specific rest boat or steamboat or whatever you want to call it, um, it had three specific different restaurants, and then it had a jazz bar. Once again, going back to um, New Orleans, but the Empress Lily basically was sitting there, you know, in Lake Buena Vista Village. And in the mid-1970s, there was a plan for a phase two of the shopping village area, which actually would have included an extension of the monorail, people movers, and also an urban massive train transit station, which would have linked Disney World to um, a planned state transit, basically a train. So it's kind of interesting where they were going to expand that area. So they were going to obviously you know, have it connected to the Magic Kingdom and Epcot at the time, you know, by monorail. They were going to add some office buildings to that area. And, you know, they were going to build some more stores, maybe add some more restaurants. So unfortunately, those plans were put on holds until back into the 1982s, the early 1980s, where ideas began to swirl again. 
about a new direction for the village's expansion, which included something that was already tested. You could call it the first IP, if you will. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to basically build a New Orleans-type hotel basically attached to the Walt Disney World Village. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. And just to give some context for people in the area, at the same time, we were hosting the 1984 World's Fair right here in New Orleans, speaking of theme parks. Oh, there you go. So, Which was an economic flop, by the way. A very <laughs> big economic flop. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Massive economic Massive. Massive. Gargantuan even. <laughs> the juggernaut of massive flaps. What was the big signature item? Did they have one? Oh, God. Was oh, it the space um, shuttle? I know one of the big features was the gondola, which was like a, basically your sky buckets that would tra- traverse. Which was terrifying. Uh, they had the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that was absolutely terrifying to, to it was. imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one thing to you know, be suspended over the Mississippi River and cross it in these little sky buckets and knowing that if any of those spy, sky buckets fail you're plummeting into the into the Mississippi River into the Mississippi right yes. but to be oh my god i can't even guesstimate how high this was it was as high as our bridges the, G, uh, yeah. the, the greater new orleans bridge or the crescent city connection they call it now um, I forget how tall that is. You're talking about, oh my God. I mean, the highest building in New Orleans didn't even cover it. I mean, you're so high in the air. What, ah, it's it's really high. It's <laughs> really, 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 really high. And you would yes. go across it. And really I remember being a child crossing the Mississippi River in those sky buckets and thinking that it was akin to child abuse because my parents were making me go. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be that high up in the air crossing the Mississippi River. And it was terrifying. The whole thing was terrifying. It really was. Nothing ever happened. No accident. Well, there was one time when they did let a car fall into the Mississippi River, but I think they were like filming a movie. It was like some, some oh, right. D-level yeah. movie or something like that where they did let... So no accidental dropping of a New Orleanian ever happened uh, during right. that time because they'd be dead. It's like a little coffin. You know, you'd drop you in the water and they just bury you with it. And and just like Disney rides, uh, every now and then it would stop because playful spooks would interrupt your journey and there you would be dangling over the Mississippi River. It was thousands of feet in, in the air. It was, yes. just, it was terrifying. And the reason why it had to be super tall is because you had to clear the ship, the tanker ships that would traverse the Mississippi. So it had to be tight tall. Can you imagine you're going across this thing and then like you, you're going above a ship and it lets out a big puff of steam, uh, smoke and I'm like who thought it, who thought that was a good idea? Like I don't get that. None of like I, I again like when he asked like what the big draw was like this wasn't a draw this was a, a, a stay away kind of like to me like they brought in the space shuttle they brought in oh they had, we had a monorail to to bring some Disney into this we had a monorail into that traversed the park. We had a lot of but, stuff at the World's Fair, but nothing, nothing that would make me want to cross the Mississippi. I, I could tell you that. <laughs> well, you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like the Skyliner now in Disney World. No, but, but yeah, much higher. Yes. Steroids. I was going to say, yeah. okay, take what the Skyliner did and raise that up like three times the level of how high the Skyliner is and then traverse like the 
Wildest River. <laughs> the wildest river this side of the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, no, it was scary, dude. It was really, really, really scary. Hey, look, if you're curious, it, we were suspended 320 feet above the river. Is that what wow. it was? 320 feet? Oh, that's what it was. Nice. 320 that's feet of really river. And we nice. traversed we traversed uh, uh, 2,500 feet across the river. Yeah, that's instant death right there. Yes. Well, maybe it was good that Walt didn't uh, uh, build uh, Disney World in New Orleans or else that would have been one of the rides going across the Mississippi, right? All right, kind of cir- cir- no, circling back. So you had the Walt Disney World Village. You had the Empress Lily. And then Dick uh, Nunes, who was president of the Disney Parks, said in the May 1982 issue of the uh, cast newspaper, Eyes and Ears, that he wanted to develop um, a New Orleans-style hotel. Specifically, his words were, from the Empress Lily, we're going into New Orleans Street, and you walk right into a beautiful New Orleans hotel. And this would then be called um, Lake Buena Vista, New Orleans Square. I'd stay there. So basically what this was, and I found some original um, artwork, which was dated April 16th, 1982. What was revised that date and actually originally issued September 16th, 1981. So kind of a a throws stone away from the Empress Willie. So they had, you know, kind of that Florida, kind of that Southern you know, the Florida moss and kind of that vegetation to kind of set the atmosphere and kind of the mood. And you would basically take a water taxi from the edge of the village, the Empress Willie, into this New Orleans kind of square hotel kind of area, similar to what you do at the Port Orleans Hotel you know, on the Susquehanna River today. You talk about like Spanish moss and all that? Yes. Kind of, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Sasagula River, I, I think is what they call it. Sasagula. Sasagula, yes. And you, you know what they call it? The Sasagula, right? Why do they call it the Sasagula? Why do they call it Sasagula? That was a Native American right. term for the Mississippi River. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's where they got the name for uh, Sasagula. But I mean, yeah, no, Keith. Keith is actually that's right it's a catchy name Sasagula yeah it's like sarsaparilla yeah <laughs> don't they make you want to put it with some soda or something yeah, kind of like that or a Long Island iced tea eh Eli yeah only the ultimate will count <laughs> there you go and, and right at the pool bar yes just to, just to advertise yeah. oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. But we'll talk about that more on the next show because that's when we actually talk about the resorts. Yeah, let's figure out what this first Disney resort was going to be like. Go ahead. That sounds yes. good, but now I'm thirsty. <laughs> so the Lake Buena Vista on New Orleans Square. So it was going to have a hotel. They never really came up with a you know a specific name for the hotel, but just picture um kind of an old style kind of New Orleans style kind of plantation kind of building. Obviously, New Orleans area Louisiana had a lot of plantations. So there was a two story building with kind of wrought iron kind of wrapped around and that was going to be um the signature restaurant as part of this disney um hotel complex so the the restaurant would basically be called the um it was tentatively titled the garden restaurant and it had one facade facing the empress willie and a different facade facing looking at the lagoon so it kind of had you know kind of water surrounding its area and the area which i was mentioning where the water taxi would drop you off was a circular drop-off area with heavy vegetation looking like swamplands. And continuing along the waterfront, the outskirts of the city would come into, come into view. You, you would have eaten, Keith, and you'd be looking out on Lake Buena Vista? Well, in one direction. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's what I kind of take it as. Okay. Right. So you would have, once again, a tie to the water. It would be kind of themed, you know, it's kind of a swampy theme, kind of, you know, an old kind of southern style you know plantation kind of nearby in that area there would be obviously there's tons of these in new orleans there would be um 
a cafe specifically called Cafe New Orleans, which would be a duplicate of the same one that's located in Disneyland. And near the back of the complex, guests could explore the Rouge Royale, and there would be a crafts alley, and there would also be a their own Disney version of Preservation Hall as well. They were planning that as well. Oh, like a, kind of like a jazz hall where they would jazz hall. That, yeah, that would have been freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's a very popular place here in the quarter for sure. Wait, you said it was a, what did you say? It was a, a crass alley? Craft. Oh, a craft alley. Okay. Eli, this is the early 1980s. So they, crafts was a big thing back then. Oh, no, okay, no, I thought you said crass, because I was be like, what's a crass at it? Like, you just walk by and people curse at you? Or <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, in, that's in New Orleans, Eli. Yeah. In Disney World, they wouldn't have had that. They had crafts. crafts. We have crass. crass. We have crass out. Okay, I apologize. Oh, I thought you said craft, macaroni, and cheese. Right. <laughs> all right. No, that's cheese and macaroni, Lee. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I, said, I actually thought that's what he said, and I was like, oh, okay, uh, interesting. I wanted to hear more about that, but craft, you good, okay. you good. So in looking at some of the artwork, it's a lot of um, two-story buildings, you know, a lot of uh, wrought iron, a lot of, you know, tight little knit streets, kind of, you know, kind of a little bit kind of like the French Quarter. So a lot of it was kind of, I think they took a lot of the ideas from New Orleans Square. And, you know, they already had that as a blueprint and they were kind of, you know, going to have these little streets and then kind of have like these little individual buildings kind of built around these streets where, store, you know, stores and shoppings. And then just, you know, you would just take a water taxi, you know, back to the village. So I think it was kind of a great idea, a great idea for its day. And, you know, once again, going back to that New Orleans, that New Orleans theme. What I find interesting about that is that you remember because when Disney World first opened up, there was no Pirates of the Caribbean because they said, well, we're in Florida. Who's going to want to visit Pirates? I mean, y'all are you know, neck deep in, in Pirates lore. And the Floridians were like, where are the Pirates? <laughs> and here we are, like New Orleans is like what? If you drive nine, ten hours away, if you yeah, drive, yeah, ten, hour, ten hours away, and they're like, "Well, screw it, let's give them a New Orleans hotel." Like, no, New Orleans on, in, on like on the West Coast makes a whole lot of sense because, yeah, I mean, it's too far to get there, but I mean, an eight hour, <laughs> ten hour drive, uh, that's not that far. But just to kind of get across the idea where they're like, "Oh shoot, we need to kind of readjust our thinking." To where, yeah, people don't like to go too far, <laughs> you know. Right. So that that kind of is interesting to me. The idea that we're going to build a New Orleans theme hotel, even though New Orleans is eight to ten hours away. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if once it goes back to Walt's love of New Orleans, and he thought it would be a, you know, somebody in a Disney Imagineering, you know, obviously New Orleans Square is popular in Disneyland, even though, um, like you said, in New Orleans, the real New Orleans was only ten hours away. They're like, hey, let's make. Let's expand on New England Square and let's add a hotel to it. And clean it. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> well, that's a draw, right? Isn't it? To make sure that it's yes. all clean. All right. So <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit more about this place, Keith. Well, it also would have, um, which is similar to what New Orleans uh, actually has in the French quarters. It would have, you know, horse-drawn carriages, you know, kind of a tourism thing kind of, you know, in the French quarter, kind of taking you around the, uh, around the grounds. They would have, you know, famous jazz. You know, like I said, there was going to be a jazz lounge, you know, bar there. So they would have, you know, definitely the music influence. 
And I'm sure the restaurants would definitely have the New Orleans, you know, food as well. So it obviously had, you know, the big um, influence of New Orleans. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder is like is because um, you see this in, in over at the boardwalk where they have jelly rolls. And Jelly Roll Morton, obviously, is a famous New Orleanian. Mm-hmm. And they designed the design of that based upon our Pato's, Pat O'Brien's. Pat O'Brien's, obviously, a very famous New Orleanian bar. Uh, it's probably the most famous bar in, in on Bourbon Street or off. Yep. Is it off Bourbon Street? I mean, it's just, uh, well, they have an entrance on Bourbon Street, but the main entrance is on St. Peter's, which is perpendicular to it. Yeah. You got the, the hurricane drink and you have the green jackets that all the staff wears. It's very iconic. Yeah. But most importantly, you have the uh, dueling uh, piano bar. Yeah. Dueling piano, piano bar. bar. That's correct. I thought mm-hmm. you were say piano bar right off the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, because it's a whole complex, though. You know, they got the, it, the piano bar is the most famous, but you also got the courtyard with the flame uh, fountain and you have have uh, a separate little bar area that's a little bit quieter than piano bar uh you you know it, it, it's it's a whole little complex it's, it's interesting because um going to the backstory of the hotel a little bit it's going to sound really familiar later on once we start talking about the port orleans and the uh um dixie landings so the empress willie restaurant steamboat would serve as the backstory which would be docked to unload its cargo at this riverfront town in new orleans where the guest rooms would have been hidden in buildings resembling cotton mills or a boatwright shop. These ruins would be hidden on the upper floors with the bottom floor reserved for shops and restaurants. And it was supposed to be a 600-room hotel. So, I mean, that to me, you know, we'll get into it in the next episode, but that's almost like they had the backstory right there set up for um, Port Orleans and Riverside, but it never got developed at this point. But later on, you know, once we go later on, we'll we'll see how that backstory kind of develops. Sounds like the very first instance to me of a proposal where you have, you know, people staying within a Disney organized community of sorts. You know, kind of like what Epcot was supposed to be, right? Right, right. You know, right. The, the whole idea of the experimental prototype community of tomorrow where you had people, you know, living and coming and working and serving within that one particular instance. I mean, now you're talking about guests actually being able to stay within an active component to a Disney. Thing. I mean, obviously you have resorts that are off sites, but I mean, the Disney downtown district at that point in time, that was, that's the first time that I can think of where I've ever heard that you could stay within an active uh, Disney community. Man, could you imagine if they had built this and the French Quarter area would have become like their nighttime destination, kind of like Pleasure Island or like downtown Disney? How awesome that would have been? Well, you know what this reminds me of, Kevin? You know, remember Church Street Station in Orlando? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they based uh, downtown Disney for. Yeah, kind of similar to like like that. This would be basically the their version of Pleasure Island before there was Pleasure Island. And Bourbon Street, by the way, that that would be a perfect tie into that if you were going to go ahead and go down that route. Now, yeah, obviously, absolutely. it doesn't sound like there was that much of a emphasis put on drinking <laughs> as there was right. at Pleasure Island. Right. <laughs> but I mean, as far as being able to stay within the magic, uh, where you could just walk out your hotel room and then boom, there are these several different locales that cater to what you're looking for. I mean, that that I think that's kind of magical. Yeah, I'm just looking at these pictures you sent us, Keith. And I, and listeners, I'll post this in our show notes so you have access to this too. But man, these pictures are just amazing. I, w- I would have absolutely loved this. Oh, God. And like, I'd, I've never stayed at Port Orleans just because I don't need to stay at a place that's themed after exactly where I live. I know, uh, <laughs> right. 
that that's big for Keith. I know Eli stayed there, and it's like, like no judgment. I mean, like I'm not saying. I'm just saying, like you know, yeah, if I want to be reminded, where we stay when we go. I'm sorry. Yeah, I say that's usually where we stay as well, just because it's um, more more for the affordability. If you've got five people and you can stay in Portland's Riverside, but I do like the atmosphere. Uh, again, if I, you know, if, if that's not something I see day in and day out in the architecture and things like that, I like. You know the Spanish moss and the you know the the oak trees and the the shrubs and all. I mean, it's a, it's a really to me it's a very laid back kind of place to stay. And well, Lee, if you like Spanish moss, just look in the mirror, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you got a little bit dangling off your chin, brother. <laughs> I can make a pillow off of that's that. That's why stuff. I grew it because I you know I missed it so much. Exactly. So that means you're the oak. <laughs> yes, I'm the oak. <laughs> Dude, Kevin, you had to wait till I was drinking to make that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, dude. Did you spit it out, Danny? You, you spit all of the mics everywhere, dude. All of the oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to clean the mics when we get back in the studio. I didn't need to bust out laughing like that, though. That was no, no, I, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, what else we got, Keith? I'm intrigued. This is awesome. So, unfortunately, you know, this sound. I mean, imagine a hotel where you could just walk to the Disney Village, and like you said, you know, I mean, it would have been awesome. I mean, I guess it's kind of similar to. Saratoga Springs where you could you could walk but I mean to have a New Orleans theme would have been you know really cool unfortunately obviously this hotel was never developed and the main reason why was um they were looking at early you know early 80s 81 82 and Epcot Center ran way over budget so unfortunately this phase two of the Walt Disney World Village including um you know this New Orleans hotel basically got cut there was no monorail extended to the Walt Disney World Village no people mover kind of added, no connection to the, you know, real train transit system. So unfortunately, you know, this idea kind of died. But, you know, like people say at Dis- Disney, no idea never really dies. Ah, this is true. This is very, very true. Well, dude, dude, man, that sounds great, man. That sounds exactly like the kind of experience that you want to have. When visiting New Orleans, the architecture, the food, the ambiance, that sounds great. Well, look, uh, we're going to talk about the resorts, uh, specifically Port Orleans Resort, as well as, I'm sure, Dixie Landing Resort. Is that right, Keith? We're going to do both of them and the unification of both. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. We'll get into a little backstory. And, well, you know, it sounds like uh, Lee stayed there and uh, Eli's been there. We want to hear about your personal experiences as well. Yeah, and I've stayed at Dixie Landings too, so that should be a a, a very good int- a, a show for next time. So check out our next show on that. If you haven't done so, check out our previous show when we talk about New Orleans Square in Disneyland, as well as Walt's love for New Orleans on our previous show. So guys, look, we are continuing the discussion. And Keith, Keith, you're going to come back. You can come back next. Oh uh, yeah, next week I'll be back and uh, definitely appreciate the invite. Great, I love this conversation. Great talking with you guys about New Orleans, and I definitely want to. Talk about the uh, Dixie Landings and Port Orleans. Yes, looking forward to because those are you know Dixie Lands. I enjoyed my stay there when I was there, and Port Orleans. I know a lot of the guys on the show have done it. So yeah, stay tuned. I hope you enjoy this one. Stay tuned because we're about to deliver some goods on those two resorts. Mo weekends. Hey, this is Jane from MadHatterRadio.net. If you love Disney Park Audio like my family and I do, please listen to MadHatterRadio.net for park audio music 24 hours a day. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin. And ladies and gentlemen, Moeekins, here we are in guest services, and this is a segment in which we get to service you 
the listener. And today we have ourselves a voicemail left at our phone number, 1815-MO-WEEKEND. And that is 1815-MO-WEEKEND. 669-4226, guys. And this one comes from our Downs on the Grounds person, Stephen Downs, down there in Orlando. So let's check out and see what he has to say. Hey, guys. This is Stephen Downs uh, from Downs on the Ground out here in Orlando. Just giving you a call um, about one of your latest shows. We are talking about the Fast Passes. I am a little bit behind on um, the episode, so that's last week's show. Uh, I just wanted to chip in a little. That's all right, Stephen. We're a little behind on you because apparently the parks are open back in whenever we're listening. That's to right. <laughs> a little bit because uh, I actually had my dad out here uh, just this past weekend, and we went to Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. And considering that I'm a uh, annual pass holder, like you guys are mentioning, I only have the 30 days to book, so I was able to book some stuff, uh, and we we actually did everything in both of the parks. And so I, I hear you guys saying a lot of like. Well, I'm sorry, little Timmy, I, you can't do that because you didn't pay enough to be at the fancy hotels. And I'm not entirely sure that that's true because, I mean, considering I got, uh, what was it, Rock and Roll Coaster Tower of Terror and uh, I can't remember what the third one was, Star Tours. Um, and we queued up for Smuggler's Run, we queued up for Slinky Dog, and we did Rise of the Resistance. We also saw the Indiana Jones show. So, like, I'm not entirely sure that, like, that's kind of, that's not really fair to say that not paying a lot of money means you can't do these things. Like I said, we were able to do everything at both parks. We walked out of each park saying we've done everything. Uh, I did want to mention one other thing real quick before it cuts me off because I am long-winded. Um, the when we're talking about possible alternatives, I would say no fast pass is ideal. When we were we queued up for uh, flight of passage at the end. 195 minute wait, but we got in line at like 7:30. We're like, okay, whatever. Uh, park closes at eight, so we're like, okay, whatever. We're gonna ride on this for sure, and then it'll be done at the end of the day. 195 minutes, uh, what? It's like three hours and 15 minutes. We waited less than an hour and a half, and that, that I can I attribute that to uh, no more fast passes after eight o'clock being let in because no more fast passes are there. So they were just running people through the line and waiting less than half of the posted time when we got in the line tells me the fast pass system as a whole while great for what it looks great i think is not a good um system for overall guest experience uh so anyways i'm gonna go before it cuts me off thanks for the show guys i'll talk to you guys soon bye Wow. Uh, uh, you know, this is one of those occasions where I wish kind of we, we had Stephen on the show to kind of talk about this, to kind of really kind of understand what he was trying to uh, say. Do y'all understand this a little bit better than what I do? Because it's not. Well, this is the way I understood him. What he's saying is that we were complaining at some point that not staying on property or not paying, you know, for club level to get the extra fast passes meant that you couldn't get certain fast passes and then you couldn't experience certain things. No, I got that um, as well. Yeah. And so according to, you know, his experience, he was able to experience everything he wanted to on those two parks. Now, my question would be, you know, was this on a Wednesday you know, in the middle of off season, you know, there's, there's a lot of different factors that go into that as well. I was going to say, yeah, my question wouldn't be whether it's a Wednesday or an off day or a Tuesday or Thursday. My question would be like, did you go to the parks with a nine year old? 
<laughs> who likes to sleep in and doesn't want to be necessarily <laughs> roused out of bed first thing in the morning. He said they queued up for Rise of the Resistance, so I mean that says that they got there right least, pretty early, yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah. I, okay, so maybe because I think he was probably talking about something I said on a previous show. And by the way, there's nothing that he said that was wrong. If you if you go into the park commando style and you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna grip my teeth and I'm gonna do this. Yeah, man, you can make it work. There ain't no no doubt about it. Sure, you can. But if you've got children and you've got to figure out a way to make this work, and they want to go ahead and uh, uh, you know see see all this stuff too, but for whatever reason they're not early risers, or you spent too much yeah, time before. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's not as practical of a way to do it, and and that's the thing. Queuing up for an hour and a half. As adults, like when when we collectively experience things, like when we went to Disneyland uh, together, we, we waited in line for over an hour for a smuggler's run. No worries. Mm. We're adults. I mean, we can sit there for an hour and have a conversation. Again, try it with a child. <laughs> That's the only thing I would say <laughs> is, is try yeah. that exact same philosophy with a child. Why are we doing this? This is boring. I can't believe it. <laughs> It's, it's I want to see Peppa Pig. It's a different experience, yeah. is is what I would say, and I think maybe there was uh, perhaps, and again, maybe I didn't catch the whole thing in in trying to understand. I think maybe it was a little miscommunication, yeah. And and what either I was trying to say was, uh, am I wrong? Uh, y'all tell me. I thought he was talking about the finances too. He wasn't. I didn't hear finances. Did anyone else hear finances? Yeah, I heard that. He was talking about uh, having to pay more, um, not getting the benefit of, uh, of of being able to get a bunch of pass passes based on what you paid for your stay at the resort. Oh, I okay, you know okay, I okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That point, but that that was more me saying, and I think what he was referencing was a complaint that I had, okay. which was that if I'm paying top dollar to stay at a Disney resort. Why is it that I don't have access to these fast pass reservations? Right. Because that's a right. whole that's a whole idea of the uh that's a lore that you get me like why am I booking with a Disney Resort? Well, because you can book earlier for fast passes. So if I get on there and I get a 30-day advantage and is that right, Ling? I get a 30-day advantage, what do I get? Yeah, you get 30 days ahead of the offsite guests. So 60 days for them, uh, 60 days for you, 30 days for them. Right. So if Steven is a, an, an, a has an annual pass hold is an annual pass holder, and I have a, a 30 day advantage on Steven, then why is it that Steven and I's advantage is the exact same thing? Which is that we have to go in the park and wait in line because the whole idea of me as a as a father is that okay as a I've got a child here. This is not going to work. Her, her standing in line for an hour and a half is not going to work. She's going to get bored. She's going to get, she's going to lash out a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe one or two attractions, I can give her my phone and she'll kill the battery. But I mean, for the most part, right. yeah, it's, it's not an ideal situation. So I think that's what, I think that's what he's probably responding to is something that I said earlier about that. Is that, Y'all's memory of it? I mean, I might be wrong. That sounds about right. No, it's been a yeah. while since we talked about that. But yeah, yeah no, that's not, that definitely sounds about right. Yeah, we definitely yeah. need to handle these voicemails when they happen because it's a little bit easier to reference where it's coming from. Well, uh, we weren't expecting a global plague also when we were. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So, There's you that. know, this would still be relevant if the parks were open right now. Right, but the plague's uh, only been going on now for like two months. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we're, we're a little outdated, Lee. Let's, let's, you know. Let's- but I will say this, that if you didn't catch this at the end, what he was actually backing up your point, Danny, that the, the fast pass system in general just clogs it up. Because he was originally looking at a good two, three hour wait, uh, but it's the end of the day and all the fast passes have been distributed. So that three hour wait actually turned into about an hour, hour and a half wait because there was no more people getting fast passes on top of, uh, you know, and, and getting in front of him with their fast passes. So once the, the, the line, the queue line was allowed to flow without having to interrupting with fast pass recipients, that it, it cut the time in half. And that makes sense. And, and, and yeah. that's what I was trying to, as a father who's trying to go ahead and get their child out in the parks and uh, can't necessarily just go commando style and just go, 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 go. Yeah. It, you're not, you, you don't have the luxury of being able to line up at 5 a.m. In the, in the morning and see Rise of the Resistance and now get in line for Slinky Dog. And now, and now you can do it. Yeah, when you can do it strategically as an older male with no children to hold you behind, yeah, you're fine. But as a parent, and if you're booking in a Disney hotel and part of the allure is that you're going to get those earlier fast passes, well, then some of those harder to get fast passes should be available because I'm waiting in line no matter what then what's the yeah. point? Yeah. So yeah. I think we're both yeah. right. I mean, I, that's my appreciation of it. And it's been a while and I don't even really remember much what I said, but hopefully we did a good job with that. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And if not, Stephen, man, look, uh, you're more than welcome to come on the show and explain uh, exactly what you're talking about. You come know? on the show. Come on. us. You know, we do a hangout every Sunday, apparently. So <laughs> do that. Yeah, at some yeah, point. We'll talk. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks. Look, guys, look. Reach out to us if you have a question for us on uh, the Magic Ray Podcast. You can leave a voicemail. 1-815-MO-WEEKEND. That's 1-815-MO-WEEKEND. 669-4226. So definitely do that. Or you can shoot us an email at show at magicaway.com and we'll feature you here on a guest services segment. Well, guys, we hoped you enjoyed that discussion of New Lake Buena Vista, New Orleans Square. If you want to learn more about us, magicalway.com is the way to go there. You'll find our social media links, past episodes, and more. You can also get in touch with us to share your opinions. Shoot us an email at showatmagicalway.com. Leave us a voicemail via our SpeakPipe widget. Or you can call or text us. Yes, I did say text us at 1-815-MOWEEKEND. That is 1-815-MOWEEKEND. 669-4226. And of course, we have a couple of guys that do things outside of the podcast. First of all, we got Eli does things with comics. Tell him, sir, what you got going on. Well, as always, it's always a pleasure to hear you guys' voices and uh, hear the titles from the Mawikas out there that are doing good. I want to ask you guys a question really quick. I was thinking about just releasing the first issue of the book on the Ivory Comics website. You guys think I should do that? You're, re- you're talking about releasing the book called The First Ivory Comics Website? Oh, uh, no. Releasing the, sav- the first issue of Savages because I can't, I can't print it. So I, I was thinking about it because, uh, you know, you, you, you know, talking with Keith and everything and just ripping this and this stuff. This is why we do creative things. So I'm going to say about talking uh, with Jeremiah because, you know, that's, that's fair as a co-creator and whatnot. But I want to kind of, I want to kind of get y'all's uh, general thoughts. So should... I released the first book of Savages on, on the Ivory Comics website. What do you, what do you think? Free of charge. Yeah, oh, sure. Go. <laughs> uh, let me give you my opinion. I, we have a lot of artists and things right now that are doing concerts online, and I think it's a good way to let the people be involved. And they're like, hey, man, you know, 
I didn't get to go to the concert because it got canceled or whatever. And they're doing it online. And some people are doing it for free and some people are charging a little bit. But, you know, I think it's to me, I've, I've taken the time to watch a couple of concerts that I would have loved to have gone to. But, you know, I probably wouldn't have paid the money to go see them. But I did pay the 20 bucks to see them on on the TV. So, you know, I think it keeps the fans involved and it keeps your, your name out there. So. That's not a bad idea. You know, when it comes to my opinion on the show, especially during the closing, my opinion's always the same. And that opinion is Mo Weekend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think in this day and age where people can't go anywhere or do anything, like the more entertainment value that you can give them, the better, especially in this day and age. Like it's, you know, we're original content, not watching reruns, not watching the same old stuff. It's hard to come by. Uh, I think the more interactive and original content you can give, the better. Yeah, and so Eli, just in case you decide not to do that, where can they find your stuff? Well, no, I, I just I wanted to run that by you guys first, so uh, I'm pretty sure I'm, I am going to do that. Uh, okay, so you can go to ivycomics.com and see the artwork that's there for the Molly Be Damned and Project Gation and more than likely the first issue of Savages. So I hope you enjoy it just as much as you enjoy this podcast because there's always a link to these podcast episodes so you never miss one. That's synergy right there for you. Uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, check me out on Facebook, always welcome. So Facebook.com. Uh, Eli H. Ivy is where you can find me there. You can check out Project Geisha on Facebook as well. So you can just do a search for Project Geisha on the Facebook page and that will come up. Instagram, I'm always there. Posting up hearts and posting up likes. You can find me there at EIV504. And, of course, on Twitter, I can be found at Hancock10166. So if you appreciate the madness, then you're just bringing me the gladness. Uh, thank you very much. And if you want to book a vacation anywhere in the world, you can do so through Lee. Lee, tell him how to do this. Just give me a call, 832-431-1621. That's 832-SHAKEDOWN, 832-SHKDOWN. You can email me at lee at magicrway.com. Check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash travel. That's L-E-S-T-O-V-I-C-A travel. Instagram, you can find me at you got a friend in Lee Travel. Do any of that, we'll get you hooked up and booked up with no. Hasselbeeka! What are you going to get him booked up for, Lee? I don't know, but I, thought, <laughs> I really thought that he was going to say posting up uh, hearts and farts. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why you were going to post up your farts, but that's what I, that's what I heard when you said posting up hearts. Oh, wow. yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Pearl Jam. Hey, but, um, so, yeah, we can, get you, we can get you booked up right now for January 1st, 2020. Yeah. That is, uh, I'm sorry. We can get you booked up right now for June 1st, uh, 2020. If, you, uh, if you're a brave soul and you, you want to go out there for the, the grand reopening and take a chance that they'll uh, actually meet that date, then, yeah, we can do that right now. And uh, hopefully we can get you guys booked for 2021 pretty soon as well. Usually around sometime in June we can do those dates, but... Um, Hopefully they'll maybe even give us some some lead time on that. Get y'all booked a little earlier for 2021. But um, you know, Disney's not going anywhere. You know, start thinking about your next time you want to go, and and we'll get you taken care of. Awesome. And look, if you want to support the show as a whole, you can do so through the following ways: buy some beignets right there on our homepage. Represent the Moeka Nation wherever you go by purchasing some clothing from our shop. And also, we are part of the BS Podcast Network. So support those guys over there. And the easiest way to support us, doesn't cost a thing, is to leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you download the show, whether it is Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play Music, etc. Finally, if you want to have a place in which you can freely speak your Disney mind without fear of retribution, join us in the Moeek and Pleasure Island 33 Facebook group. There you will have 
the chance to interact with all the familiar small weekends, as well as Danny, Eli Lee, and yours truly. And we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us and making us a part of your Disney fan life. We appreciate you and love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are always welcome in the Magic Our Way podcast, so get in touch with us today. So, Mohegans, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quahurini. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Magic out. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos. Tex-Mex Moss. <laughs>